Hello and welcome to uh, Together BHA. My name is Josh. Uh, we are recording less than an hour after the Palace uh, debacle. Um, first of all, let me let me thank my pan- Patreons before we get on to the shit show that the game was. Uh, thank you to Kenny, Ezra, John Fitzpatrick, uh, Nick Axford, William Montgomery, Chris Barranco, Sarah Ellis, Alex Preslin, Nick Murray, and our guest today, Daniel Lawrence, uh, for being Patreons of the show. Really, 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 really appreciate it. Daniel, how's it going? Oh, it's painful, wasn't it? <laughs> it's just bad. <laughs> yes, really not uh, great. Yeah, well, I'm sure we're going to delve into it in a bit, but yeah, that was very painful. <laughs> yeah, and and it was also very bright and weren't it? Like, it just, it's just... Oh. The stats at the end of it um, just were incredible. I mean, I just uh, what Sky threw up at the end, just to go for a couple of things. I mean, 25 attempts, five on goal. Um, I, you know, I expected goals at 2.5. Palace's was uh, 0.2, um, you know, and 52 touches in the opponent's box. And they had <laughs> two touches and two goals. It's just how, where do you go from there? <laughs> it's it's genuinely, uh, it almost is, and I feel like we, I've said this a few times, like, oh, that sums up our season. But this game in an, in like in a vacuum is truly the biggest indicator of how the season has gone for us so far, I feel like. Oh, it's just, it's just I literally repeat after repeat after repeat. I mean, you could just, any game, you can pretty much say it's just on repeat every time, you know? It does feel that way. Uh, Daniel, you're obviously from the area. Uh, yes. Have you been an Albion fan since day one? What was your kind of first experience with the club? Oh, so basically, um, sort of my family's sort of split down the middle. My, my grandfather was a Brighton fan. Uh, my dad was a, was a Chelsea fan. And uh, so growing up, I was forced into Chelsea, obviously, with my father. But um, as I got to an age where I could buy tickets, um, I ended up going to Brighton. And uh, yeah, me and my uh, one of my best friends, uh, Michael Fuller, I, knew, I know listens to this as well. He, um, We decided to, we had, uh, we had no, no partners at the time. So we the, the year that we won League One, we... Uh, literally went to every single game home and away you know we was going up to Hartlepool Walsall um, you know we did the famous which everyone talks about the Peterborough game um, yes. Peterborough away Charlton away um, just the atmosphere at that time was just absolutely incredible especially the Peterborough game it's just in an old cow shed all standing um, just old school and uh, I remember Peterborough saying that that was their cup final and you know we went there and smashed them it was just it was you know what a time to become a Brighton fan really and uh it's never really sort of left me from there to be honest with you yeah no absolutely I, I think that there's a lot to be said for that uh so so-called you know Amex generation the the group that like yourself as they grew up and they got a little yeah. bit more autonomy of themselves are able to say actually uh my local club's in a great space I see no reason why I shouldn't grab tickets and and go and watch what they're doing yeah i mean exactly that's that's kind of what got me um onto your podcast to be honest with you when you had the the gus poyer interview um because oh, i obviously you know we hadn't heard anything from him from for you know as brighton fans um really like a uh, in-depth interview and then i i see your podcast pop up with him on there and uh that's what got me hooked into this to be fair so yeah well done on getting that one <laughs> yeah i've got to be honest i'm i'm stunned that nobody else has got him um, yeah. since I, I mean I, I've I've got him now you know I've I've got his contact I'm surprised yeah. nobody else has done it um, yeah simply because he's so, he has so much to say and yeah. and he's and he's a he's a good person to listen to um yeah, I think he was, like, he was, sorry carry no on. go on 
Oh, he was, I was just to say he was on the um, the Sky broadcast tonight, actually, which was which was good to for sort of his thoughts, and he sort of harked back a little bit to to his time in charge, and um, that was it was interesting to listen to him and what he thought about the the team now, um, which was yeah, which was good to listen to. Yeah, he really is a top man. Um, yeah, despite the controversy of his leaving, and I, I understand yeah. definitely how some people feel. Um, yeah, of course, of course. He was so important. Same, I mean, honestly, just as important as as Hutton, arguably. With he he set that foundation for Hutton oh, for to build sure. on. So yeah, I know. Um, I remember him saying, you know, that you can't. You, you people telling him you can't pass in League One. You know, it's and he sort of showed showed everyone that you you know we could and like you say, laid the foundation for us um, to become you know what we are now. Really, um, it just then people just built on it each time. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, yep. So the game today was a big one. Obviously, not just because we were on a good run of form um yeah. but it being palace above all uh it was a good chance for us to come back and get some revenge on them for last year that went well uh, <laughs> um in terms of the starting 11 i mean uh, i didn't have a great deal of worries about that at all like the same starting 11 as the 11 against villa um i think that we all realized and knew that you know, Emmy Martinez was a huge part of that point that they won. Oh, of course. Um, it, it almost felt like, okay, yeah, like just go out there and score against a keeper that isn't <laughs> going mental. Yeah. I mean, my thoughts on it are, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but obviously Palace, uh, you know, obviously we're not having Zaha playing um, and then having... Um, Playing five at the back, essentially, with you know with Alzate playing out on the left and uh, Veltman on the right, and you know obviously three at the, three at the back. I just I felt like we that wasn't really needed um, against what really was a sort of toothless Palace side. Really, I just didn't see the need of to to, to play for that. Five. I know that's our identity, but sometimes it does call for a bit of tactical change. Personally. Um, you know, and obviously it showed going. You know, four four at the back in the second half. It obviously, changed changed things. Um, but like I say, hindsight's a wonderful thing. So, yeah, no, I, yeah, I can agree with that. Um, it did feel like we had too many people back at times. Um, yeah, three centre halves when you're playing a team that you know you should be really putting it to, and we did, to be fair. But huh. uh, like you said, that when we went four at the back at half time, you saw the the difference pretty quickly. Um, and and Dan Byrne um, looked a lot com- more comfortable at left back uh, as opposed to having to kind of support Alzate in that role. Um, we'll get to that shortly as well because <laughs> I'm really not a fan of Alzate at left wing back. Um, no, no. In terms of, let's just talk Palace first, just before we even get to the whole Albion team. Um, <laughs> in terms of, uh, kind of new strikers making debuts. They're causing us problems all over the place. Uh, Mateta did it today. Madger is doing it for Fulham um, at all sorts of the wrong time. Do you think that anybody really stood out today for Palace? Uh, or is it really just that ridiculous in terms of the smash and grab they performed? Oh, the goal, I mean, the first goal itself, like, you know, it was superb the way you took yes. it. But other than that, I mean, really, they 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 were just compact from the start. They they were happy for us to have the ball. They you know the, the, their game plan was to sit in eleven men behind the ball, um, you know, and try and just get us on the break. Really, I mean, you could see it from literally from the first whistle. They were just we, we they let us play across the back. They weren't even pressing us. Um, you know, that's one of my points is that we do seem to struggle sometimes against teams that really press hard from the front. Um, you know, and and they. 
they just sat back, sat back, just and just you know took took everything that we could. Throw. I mean, we <laughs> our cutting, our attacking sort of uh, passes weren't the best, let's say. But um, but yeah, they just sat in and just just waited for that that one clinical um, counter attack which they got, you know, and and away they go one nil up. So. Yeah, it's it, the, the 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 Palace team really. Uh, there wasn't anyone for me that sort of shone really. Um, I mean, you could say possibly Cahill. You know, is a is a super defender who, you know, can organise the back line very well. Um, but I mean, other than that, there isn't. You know, their their focal point really is Zaha, isn't it? So, um, <laughs> yeah, and and obviously he was absent. Um, I was yeah. surprised at just how ineffectual, uh, easy easy he was. Uh, uh, I, yeah. I thought he'd been quite good um, for for Palace in the past, and I was surprised at how. I mean, they were asked to do a job, like you said, eleven at the back, and and do what they could, and I think that really hurt him um, to kind of do anything useful. But I was really surprised at how poor he was in the end. Um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like you said, you you went through it. Twenty five shots, you know, over two xg. They had point two. They had three, <laughs> two shots on target. Two just two touches in our box. Um, we had 13 corners. They had nothing. Um, yeah. You know, I suppose some of those players like Kim can't really do a great deal when they're when they're that under the cosh from the minute one kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, they just like I say they were super compact and they just were not, they were just not letting anything come through if they could help it. Throw themselves at everything, blocking as much as they could. Um, you know, what what do you do? <laughs> well, I guess that's the question, right? What what do you do? Um, I mean, that some of the best it, teams in the world struggle, right? We've seen Liverpool yeah. and Manchester City struggle to break down teams that do this. Um, Burnley being the big one over the last couple of years have, have done this just with just tactical masterclass uh, yeah. with the bigger teams and Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes up front. Um, but what do you do with a, with a team like this that are just going to sit back? We We obviously need to play the ball quicker, which I think yes. we did in the second half. Yes, for um, sure. But is it... To me, this is how I felt. This is a game where I wish wish to God that Glenn Murray was in the middle of that box sometimes. Even <laughs> oh, he doesn't point. even need to move because he's he, you know, he doesn't even need to move. He doesn't even need to run. Just stand in the box and we'll just lump the ball in. Oh, it's literally like you read my mind. That's one of my points <laughs> in, in my in my notes later on. I just <laughs> there's so many times this year where I've just gone. God, I wish Glenn Murray was here. He could just come on, do a job for us for 20 minutes, half an hour. Um, you know, I know you can't rely on an, an, an aging player, but he would just do the job for us. You know what he's like, fox in a box. Anything that he's got a sniff at, he's, he's, he's in there and he's he, at least it's on target, you know. It's, it's yeah, it's like you read my mind there. <laughs> yeah, and and I just, yeah, I just feel like, you know, we were, we were just all over them so much so. And I, I understand that, you know, the argument that, that the game may be, or at least our style may be too quick these days for Glenn to cope. But yeah. with with a game like today, that there was very little need for him to, you know, the, they, that argument can't be made because there's no there's no running around for him to do. No. If, you're, <laughs> if you're camped out in the opposition half, I feel like that's exactly the kind of game we need a bigger presence up there. Yeah. I mean, so my thoughts on this, uh, on this attacking sort of side of things, I mean, I don't know how you feel about Lalana sort of 
coming on. Um, I mean, for what we're paying, and like you said before in previous podcasts, you said that he sort of smashed our sort of um, contract, you know, how much he gets paid compared to all the rest of the players. You know, something like that, by now, you know, he's had, he's, he's been slowly introduced, slowly introduced, surely he should be starting games um, because I feel like he is... You know, he's the he's the playmaker really there um, that that c- can try and create something more, especially in a game like that where we really needed a, you know quick uh, you know good vision, looking for a pass inside. And the, I mean, I, I've people have been on here before and said how they you know they really rate Mo, Mopai, and I, I'm the other way with that. It's maybe controversial, but um, we keep trying with him. We keep trying. You know, the last sort of. Um, five or six Premier League games, you know, we keep trying with him, but when's Zakiri going to get a chance? Um, you know, I know he played in, in, the, in the FA Cup matches and he showed he can press from the front, you know, he's he's more of an aerial threat. I just feel like if he had got a chance, you know, we, we're playing these the wing-backs, we're crossing the ball in, but we've got, you know, a front line of, uh, you know, Trossard's getting in there and Mopai and McAllister. They're all, you know, short players. You need you need a different option. If you're crossing the ball in, uh, floating the ball in, um, you know, you need someone in there to either get the ball down to play it off. Like towards the end, Dan Byrne was sort of uh, peeling off at the back and, you know, they were finding a cross in and they, they were using Dan Byrne as a target man almost um, to, to, you know, to, to get to win that first ball, to get down, for, you know, no one can win it at the front with, uh, with Mopai. He kind of... It's just his first touch is, it reminds me of like um, uh, Craig McHale Smith. Do you remember? He sort of, yes. you know, runs and runs and runs, but his first touch is just, just pings off his feet, you know, it just seems to, or, or he just can't get it out from his feet sometimes, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, and I mean, he's usually, you know, just today, in fact, um, in terms of the, you know, the dispossessed and, and bad control touches, he's top of the, he's top of the board for the Albion today yeah. Uh, yeah along with trossard who normally doesn't have that problem um yeah. he's a little bit more tidy with the ball at his feet but not today um i think you're right i mean mopai has been given an awful lot of opportunity um yeah. and you know it seems to me that that it is time for a change uh you know maybe we did try the if it ain't broke don't fix it approach uh for the last couple of games but yeah. i think that it is broke because we didn't score enough goals um, exactly yeah and and to me um i think i think that you know at this point i think it's more than fair to to direct criticism his way especially when you know aaron connolly is on the bench and he plays better hold up play than than Mopai does you know he's he's generally better at holding the ball up for me especially with winning fouls than than Mopai is and he seems to be smaller of stature so yeah again uh, I, I, again I'll be controversial on this one I I, I don't rate Connolly but I, I think he needs to needs to go out on loan again um, and get some and get some proper game time in because he you know he, yes he runs around and he, he makes news and he does win win fouls and stuff but he, to me again he's not that sort of if you're going to play the way we play you need someone as a focal point at the front there to to hold the ball up to allow the likes of McAllister or Trossard or Lalana to come in um you know and I just don't think Connolly is that that player either yeah I mean he may be he may but you know every time he comes on I'm just I'm a bit meh I don't, you know I don't I think he needs more time out <laughs> more game time it, it it doesn't work just coming in for 15 minutes here half an hour here or you know an hour at the start of a game you know yeah no I can understand that I mean all of them yeah they need game time um I, I honestly think that 
if everything hadn't happened the way it had in the last, you know, 12 calendar months, um, I, I probably think Connolly would have been on loan in yeah, the summer. I think he probably yeah, yeah. would have gone off uh, on loan. And I think we probably would have invested a little bit more into the forward line. Um, yeah. and, and at that point, you would have, you know, you'd have been able to let, let someone go on loan. And that probably would have been Aaron. Um, yeah. I, th- I think he would really benefit, and I think we've mentioned this a few times on the on the pod. Actually, I still feel like he would benefit, as you've just said, from you know a loan at somewhere like Brentford, um, yeah. Swansea, those top of the championship sides that may not make it this year. Um, he could probably put, you know, if he if he is what he's meant to be, he could put twenty goals in next year in the championship, and all of a sudden we're in a much better spot. But as yeah. of right now, I, I agree with you. He's 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 not being allowed to pick up a vein of form. Um, so why, why keep him? Yeah, I mean, how 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 is he supposed to develop? Do you know what I mean? It, or I know he's had sort of a couple of niggles here and there, but you know, you can't expect a young player to develop if you if you don't play him. But I don't think he's ready. I don't, you know, he burst onto the scene, you know, and he's done well. Some games he does well, but he needs time. He needs game time. He needs, you know, like you say, a good run in the championship. You know, and you know, he could he could easily, you know, twenty goals in the championship. But he just needs that time. He needs that development process. You know. Yeah. No, I can I can definitely understand that, um, and and pretty much agree for the most part. Um, talking of other strikers, though, because I do want to mention, uh, I truly think Danny Welbeck is stealing a living at this level. <laughs> um, I I I wasn't impressed with the signing in the first place. He he was signed on a free transfer from a relegated team that couldn't score goals. So why was that yeah. going to change with us? Yeah. Um, he's been injured an awful lot. We're probably paying him a good chunk of money. He, you know, people like that don't come for nothing. Yeah. And again today, he he didn't really do much of anything. Um, no. I think he ended with a a 0.85 xg just like he did in the last game and, and came away with nothing because he just mm. isn't able to put them away um no. i would much rather have zakiri tau Connolly, any of those coming on yeah any anyone i just, yeah you, you need to change it up i think i think zakiri deserves to have a start uh, you know and, and see how he see how he gets on it he just offers something different to what Connolly um it, it, um Mopai and even Tao to a certain extent they're all quite a similar sort of stature and style players whereas you know Zakiri's a bigger guy um but we you know he does press as well which is what you want for from you know the the front player you know you know attack from the oh, defend from the front sort of thing so yeah, no, no doubt, and and it seems like he has plenty of confidence too when he does play Zakiri. Um, the the goal he put away that was obviously offside, but the the confidence he had when he when he popped it away, it to me it does seem like he's very much ready, even though he's still you know the same age as Aaron Connolly and still young. Um, yeah. I you know I, it surprised me today to see Welbeck coming on um, when we did have you know Tao Moda Connolly. Yeah. all these There's different options, options yeah. Yeah. yeah um and it just it just seems like a strange maneuver to me um i mean talking of subs um Jakob bash what's your thoughts on that uh as soon as i saw him warming up i was disappointed i i didn't <laughs> understand that decision at all no, not when no. you not when you have like you said already, right? Like you've got a tower or a Zakiri that can both do the same kind of job he does, but better. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess his, I mean, I guess Potter's thoughts on that were, you know, if we get him out and 
we pull him out of the wing, perhaps that draws a defender out of the box potentially because he's got to pick him up. So that does free the box up a little bit. I mean, that's the only sort of thoughts I could, you know, really think of of him coming on. Really, is just to pull a defender out of the of the box, you know, to to just to make a bit more room in there, maybe. Yeah, no, I can. Yeah, I can understand that. I still think Percy Tower would have been the better option because he yes. could also very easily have beat his man. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they they were in a position to be beat a lot at the end there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it feels like the kind of game that that the South African could have really had some fun in in that last ten minutes. Oh, for sure, definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that is. Um, do you want to talk about the the Palace goals at all? Yes, let's. Um, because I <laughs> actually think that. I actually think that Sanchez should have done an awful lot better for the first one. Um, and I also think that, in fact, I think the whole play was a shit show from a defensive standpoint. Yeah. I think that Byrne was drawn out into a left-back position when he's supposed to be playing centre-half because yeah. Alzate was so far up and didn't trap back. Yeah. Dunk then moved over to be that left-sided centre-half when he shouldn't have been. And then Ben yeah. White was dragged over further and ended up just impeding the keeper more than he did anything else. Yeah. I'm, I felt I like mean, the whole thing was a mess. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's difficult. I mean, what looking at sort of the de- defensive positioning, what was Dunk doing really? He was caught in between. He, he either, you've either got to cover that, you know, go and cover and help burn or, or you, you know, you're, you're sitting in front of the, the, the striker in the box there. He kind of, he kind of went, and then stopped, and then thought, "Oh no!" And then he's charged in, you know. Try, and then in the end, is if you sort of pause it, just as the cross goes across, he's nowhere. He's just stood right in the middle, and he, he's like, "I don't know what to do." You know, I can't. You know, but he, Burns let let the man get a run on him, um, and uh, I think maybe potentially could. Ben White had been slightly stronger in there. Um, the what's his uh, Mateta had his arm right across him. Um, you yeah. know, using full strength. I mean, fair play to the guy. You know, it's a great goal. But could could but could um, sorry Ben White. You know, just sort of analyse the situation a little bit more. Maybe just been a bit stronger in the in the in the defence. I mean, I guess we're over analysing it a little bit. But you know, I just there's a few elements there which could have stopped that potentially. Yeah, I, th- I think Ben White's naivety has come to the fore a couple of times this season so far. Yeah. Um, I think that he is one of those players that will continue to get better. Uh, similar course. to Adam Webster, uh, yeah. I think that last year he showed a lot of naivety in the way he was sometimes. I mean, I remember David Silva last year just took the piss out of him. Um, <laughs> and, and this year, you know, he has been way way more improved uh, oh, physically gotcha. reading the game all of that stuff and Ben's only 23 but I, I agree with everything you said I think that I think that over the summer he needs to bulk up a little bit I think it, yeah. I think this year is going to help him a lot with reading the game um yeah. I think I don't think it helps I don't think it helps that Ben is generally not an aerial threat uh I think that doesn't help if you're gonna be someone who is less uh, you know, in terms of those aerial duels today, Dan Byrne won seven of them, Dunk won three, and Ben won none. Um, yeah. If you're going to be one of those kind of players that is more of a ball playing centre half, which we need, yeah, you need to be a bit stronger um, and a bit better at reading the game. And that's something that I'm sure he will improve on. But it w- it again showed today. I think you're right. 
I mean, what you got to remember, he is he is young, um, you know, and he, he will get better, um, you know, game after game. He, he will he will progress. Well, you'd like to see, hope he does progress, um, but uh, yeah, well, I think we do miss Webster. We've missed Webster the last you know the last couple of games for sure. Uh, he's he's just come on leaps and bounds, like you say, from from last season. Yeah, and I think, you know, as you were just talking about uh, with Ben White and the goal, uh, speaking of the second goal, um, it did, you know, I've supported the team long enough and so have you, uh, and we've watched them when we were much crapper than this, that as soon as he horsed it into the air, for no reason at all, it just had this feeling about it. I honestly, truly believed it. As soon as it went, as soon as he decided to do that, I was like, a, why did you do that? Yeah. B, this just feels inevitable now. Like we're gonna we're gonna do something stupid, and we did. But again, what was going through his head there? He had yeah. numerous options. <laughs> I just I don't know what I, exactly my thoughts on it. As soon as he, came, I was thinking, what is he even just just bang it in the stands? Just you know, just anywhere. What what I mean, looping it back over his head into the middle of the park. Um, you know, that's just, uh, yeah, it's a strange one, that one. It's just a bit of a, maybe it's a bit of a brain fart, potentially. Yeah, possibly. Um, I mean, once he did it, of course, the counter-attack was well in motion. Um, yeah. And and similar to the first goal, you know, he was caught well out of position at that point. That was our one of our two centre-halves at that point. And Dan Byrne moved over from left-back to centre-half to try and cover. There was no left-back, and that left Benteke for a, a a simple well not simple actually he took it incredibly well oh, it was, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, again it's a great strike it's uh, there's not really much Sanchez can do about that it's correct yeah um, I agree know, yeah the, the, it was quite interesting um, just seeing the analysis at the end of Jamie Carragher sort of one little thing that he did pull up was the ball gets crossed um, and Dan Byrne um, the the ball's coming over and he just turns his back to the ball completely um, and then it's looking at Spenteke so that he's lost sight of the ball and he's lost sight of his positioning so the ball comes down and Benteke's essentially got a shot on goal where if Dan Byrne has tracked the ball better he could have you know potentially been in a better defensive position than uh, than what he was it kind of seemed like you know he lost the sight of the ball he lost his uh, positioning in front of the goal and Benteke whilst it was a you know great finish maybe could he have slightly been in a better better defensive position if he'd attract the ball better again it's analysing something over and over but no, I think yeah. it, I think it's a fair analysis to make, and I'll tell you why. Because I feel like we've talked about this a lot in the last year when it's come to defending set pieces, um, and I think that there is a case to be made for the the Albion centre halves spending more time watching their man than they watch the ball. And I, I'm not sure if that's the zonal piece, right, that Potter clearly oh. likes, um, yeah, that's which nothing. makes them more focused on it, but it came into play again today, right? Like if he'd have yeah. had more eyes on the ball, he's a big lad. <laughs> it's it's not yeah. like he needs to worry too much. No. Um, and and like you said, the finish was excellent. Uh, it's infuriating to watch oh. Christian Benteke, who has spent five years blasting balls into orbit, put a volley oh, no. in the bottom corner like that. Um, oh, right at the end of death as well. It had to be Palace as well, didn't it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Of course. Uh, but segueing from that, uh, from set pieces, um, a, a thing I've got on my notes about attacking set pieces. I mean, how many do we want to have this year? Corners, free kicks, and 
we cannot get on the end of anything. It's unbelievable. You've got Dan Byrne in there, who's what six foot seven. Yep. I think I've seen him. I think I've seen him connect with one header all season, like uh, from from corners. It seems to be you know only um, Dunkey that can get to anything. Uh, I just uh, I don't know whether they're you know they may be doubling up on him perhaps, but we just don't seem to make any any inroads from from set pieces at all. Just it's just unbelievable. You, you get a corner, and you think, oh, that's you know, at least we're going to get a chance here, and it just comes to nothing. Yep, I agree, and I think that goes back to to Ben White again, also having no real aerial presence as a centre half and missing Webster. Mm. Um, because if we play three at the back, we still have two of those centre halves with an aerial threat with Duncan and and Webster. And I think in previous weeks we'd started to look a little bit more threatening because those two would generally attack the ball together. Um, and, and it was a bit more useful, useful, but man, like missing, missing Webster in that set piece. I mean, it was night and day. We showed no kind of threat today at all. And, yeah. and like you said, Dampen six foot seven. I've oh, never man. seen, I've never seen a man as big as him be so useless in the air. Actually I have Peter Crouch, was also useless <laughs> in the air uh, compared to the size of him. But I, I was just surprised at, at how toothless uh, he is every time. Um, it it blows me away. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. You just think someone like him would, would you know, would get on, to, get on the end of something. You just want him to get up there and just, just bang one in, you know. And then, you know, that would give, give him some belief. But, you know, yeah. It's hard, one, isn't it? It's hard one. It is. It is. Yeah. Um. One more thing of the, on the negative side. I know we've had a lot of it, but yeah. Stephen Alzate, uh, for me, is just not a left wing back. He had twenty six touches today. That's just shocking. Um. Only but, Ali, only Ali Razor and Danny Welbeck had less, and yeah. they and you know they came on for ten minutes. Um. He's just he, not a left back, though, is he? No. I mean, I mean here you are asking him to do something that he just, he has not been, you know, trained through for, throughout his career to do. You know, he's just, he's just a body there, uh, essentially, at the end of the day. Yeah. I, I mean, it again, hindsight being 2020, um, uh, if we're not going to start with that four at the back, like I think we should have, because I agree with you that it was yeah. the kind of game that four at the back would have suited, and it did, because we played much yeah. better. Um, yeah. yeah. I really would have wished we'd have seen Kabalnik play, uh, Kabovnik, because it looked like he was he played all right in the in that game at right wing back, um, and he's more than capable of playing that left wing back role because he had been mostly. So I was to say, does he is he is he a right back then? Is it? I thought I didn't know if he was a right back or a left back. So he is a, a left back and has been a left back for the majority of his time uh, in right. Poland, uh, but so, he is also right footed. So I think that Potter had seen that he would like him to stay as he wanted to kind of play him in that out and out wide role as opposed to a left back that can invert. Um, I think that was the idea behind it. If you've got a player that can play left back, surely you'd, you'd play him, wouldn't you? I mean, yes. I mean, why would you not? That's that's more, that's sort of you know you're asking a, a, essentially a central midfielder. Uh, to play left back when you've got someone that's played left back, you know, or or whatever, left or right back, he can play there. Surely you would play him, and if he doesn't play well, okay, then you change things up. But I mean, play the play the player where he's you know where he's most effective. Yeah, and and he's young too. Yeah. So like, okay, he doesn't play very well. Like, okay, he's twenty one, and and he's and he's learnt a lot from this. No worries. Like, yeah, 
he'll come back, he'll go back into training, we'll keep on working on stuff and he'll come back better and we can crack on from there. Um, yeah. Like you said, to not play him when when he's perfectly capable of it um, and, and Alzate just didn't look comfortable last week against Villa. Um, I mean, you've got to think that there's no way he makes the same mistake again, right, and plays him there next week. Well, who knows? I mean, you'd, like, you'd like to think not, but you never know. Um, what do you think of uh, Gross in the middle? Like he's played so many games. Um, you know, he played the cup matches. You, do you think sort of he could do with just a a bit of a rest, perhaps? You know, maybe like we play this Moda in there, or I mean, you can't really play Lalana and McAllister because they're kind of the same player, but. Um, do you do you feel like he could do with a little bit of a rest, or do you do you think now just keep him get, run him into the ground kind of thing? Uh, no, I I would like to see him get given a bit of a rest. Uh, his set pieces are still very good. You know, yeah. he's still delivered. I mean, it was very apparent when Trossard had to take them and failed to beat the first man twice, <laughs> um, and and Gross was able to put it in the middle uh, every single time. And and if we had more aerial threat, I'm sure that we would have created more chances there. Um, for me, I, I you know, I, I really appreciate what Gross does for us. I think that he does a lot of things that nobody else on the team can. But sometimes you just need to give a man a rest. And like you said, he's played more games now than or more kind of consecutive minutes than anyone else in the team bar in Lewis Dunk, I believe. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at, at a playing position, he's being asked to play. You know, I think it's time that, even if you rest. do, yeah. Even if you do play Lalana in there and ask him to hold back a little bit and and push McAllister further up, or um, you know you do go with with a proper or a motor, like you were saying, um, yeah. And give one of those two a try because proper was on the bench today. He's obviously fit and yeah, he's capable of being very good. So you know why not give one of those two an opportunity? He yeah, he is. Uh, Along with Alzate, he is one of two changes I would, if not more, that I would definitely like to see for West Brom. For sure, he still got his Cruyff turn in there, didn't he today? <laughs> he did, but he got caught out with it. No, he did. He, he did, but he also got, he also did it a second time, and and he and, he, and it, he just lost the defender completely. <laughs> every time he does it now, it, it reminds me. Every, you always mention it on the show that he gets one in, and uh, he got caught in the first half, but he did it again. And I just think, how have they not? Surely someone's got to see that he does that every single time, and just he just gets that yard and then gets the pass away or yeah. the cross or whatever it is, you know. Yeah, it's mint. Um, in terms of good, because we've got to talk about some good, because yeah, there was some. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, I genuinely, genuinely thought that Veltman was superb today. Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously, being yeah. asked to do the same job Lamptey did uh, yeah. with a total different skill set. Um, yeah. I saw, so I heard somebody on the commentary refer to it as uh, more refined and classy as opposed to Lamptey's chaotic, good <laughs> kind of uh, attitude to it. But <laughs> You know, he was close to scoring against Villa, arguably should have, um, yeah. barring a really good Martinez save, um, and scored today, being in the right yeah. place at the right time. Um, goal well. How good of a sign-in has this been for the club? I mean, you um, look at Welbeck and you think that probably we could have signed almost anyone else up front and done a better job, but Veltman opposite side. What a steal. I mean, what a steal. <laughs> a Champions League player... <laughs> 
um, you know, and we just just stole him and stole him away. And he's just coming to he's coming. He's to, whatever we've asked him to do, he's done. You know, he's coming at, at right wing back. You know, it took him a couple of games to adjust to, you know, going forward as opposed to. Because I, I assumed he was more of a centre back at Ajax, I believe. Um, did play That's everything bit. I'd read too. Yeah, yeah, he did play a bit at right back, but you know, was a centre back. So, you know, asking him to to play a right wing back is obviously a totally different thing. But you know, the last sort of last three or four games just his attacking positions are so much better and, you know, and, he, and he gets a good ball in um, you know he's very clever he, he cuts inside if he needs to you know he's not afraid to go on and have a shot you know you can't really ask much more from, from him really he's just he's been superb yeah no he was yeah what a signing just outrageous yeah. really um, I know he had the the clause in his contract like Moy did to, to get a cheap move to the Premier League but can you uh, imagine can you imagine being Veltman um, and you know, putting that contract in and saying like, you know, I be a, playing in England is what I want to do. This is what I. This is you know something I'd do. I say yeah, no worries. He ends up getting the move. He comes to Brighton and he thinks I get to ply my trade against the best uh, and and you know play for a, a coach that that wants me to do well and play centre half. And then he gets in the meeting with Potter and he goes. How would you like being our main attacking <laughs> focal point for several weeks? <laughs> just have just have fun out there, Joel. Like he must have yeah. think he's he must feel like he's hit the absolute jackpot. Out of yeah. all the players out there, he must be one of the happiest players. Uh, he always looks happy, doesn't he? He's always smiling. You know, he always he, he's always he's just he's he's a clever player. You can tell he's played at a high level. You know, reads the game really well. I remember. Um, sort of off topic quite slightly I remember you know at the Amex when uh, we had Wayne Bridge um, at left back and you know we'd, I'd watch sort of I'd watch his movements and he's just like when you get players that play at that high level they they read the game so well and their positioning it is just it's just top class like he, he's just where he needs to be all the time you know he gets the foot in uh, you know he made that uh, you know professional foul should we call it you know to, to stop the attacker in the second in the second half there but you know, he he's just he's a he's a great player. Um, you know, good good defensive position, and like I say, he's getting that attacking position as well, which is which is a bonus, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's having a lot of fun. Uh, Basuma, I thought was quiet today. Uh, he was he just seemed a little bit less keen on going forward, which is unusual <sighs> for him. Um, I mean, for me. It, it, <laughs> He didn't really need to do much. That's the, that, that's more the point yeah. of it. He wasn't really. He, he didn't really need to track back to. You know, there wasn't really much for him to do. It wasn't his sort of game where he needs to get stuck in and make challenges because they, you know, they 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 were so clunky going forward. Palace, you know, they'd get the ball and they would they'd have no outlet. They you know they couldn't couldn't get out of their half. They just ping the ball forward and then it's gone straight back to Sanchez or Dunk and then you know off we go again playing the ball forward. So he kind of. He was kind of, you know, he did what he needed to do, but he, it wasn't really a game for him to, you know, be involved too much. I, I didn't think personally, but yeah, no, I agree. Um, uh, to be, I, I was just surprised he didn't get a little bit more excited and go forward and <laughs> start smashing because <laughs> you know he loves a long range shot. I was, I was honestly yeah, he surprised does. he only had the one uh, early on. I, I, like you said, there wasn't much for him to do, so I'm surprised yeah. he didn't get bored and just start marauding forward and doing stupid <laughs> shit. Um, as he is wont to do. Uh, in terms of, you know, man of the match, to me, it's obviously going to Veltman. Um, oh, of course. Yeah. Because he was a standout. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else goal, but... that you want to cover before we move on to, to the rest of the... 
yeah, I've got uh, just a quick comment on um, Trossard. Uh, I just felt I get sometimes when he is attacking, he kind of just holds that ball just a fraction too long at times. He, you know, he'll beat a defender or he'll create a space for him to cut a cut, cut a pass inside, and it's. It just doesn't go. It just that that little that killer ball. That's what we're lacking. Just in that that just on the outside of the area. We're just look, we're looking for. Um, one of my notes was um, Mopai's attacking runs. We don't seem to um, have a, like a. He doesn't seem to sort of arc his run um, to to create a position for someone to play a ball through to him. He's kind of back to a defender, um, and you can't. Is a type of player that he needs to he needs to run onto something, so he needs to kind of arc a run in, um, so that a ball can be played through to him, so, you know, so he can get a chance. But all too too many times I saw tonight where you know Dunkey's picked up the ball or um, or Ben White's picked up the ball, and we've just gone, oh, we we played it across the back trying to move players out of position, and then we've just gone right, we're just going to ping a ball uh, out to the you know left wing back or the right wing back, you know, and then we'll start our position from there, and then we come back again because we. It, there's no incisive pass on the inside that sometimes we just need. We kind of trying to pass the ball in the in the net sometimes, you know. Yeah, and I think that I think the thing that frustrates me most, even when we're playing well and winning games, is that we do tend to uh, focus on the wing backs and attacking via the wing without a great deal of aerial presence in the box. Yeah, <laughs> it, that's it just my feels point. like I wish we could just. If we're going to do it, have a focal point. And yeah. as we've said, Mopai or, or anyone that we really have so yeah. far, other than possibly Zagiri, like that isn't that that isn't their thing. Yeah, if you're playing wing backs and you're getting balls across, and you get you're crossing balls into the box, you know you need you need someone to get on the end of them. You can't have you know a Trossard or a Mopai or a Connolly or a, you know they're just they're not the players that you want in there to you know you want them you want one in there you want someone in there to win the ball and then if it's going to come down to the feet then you have a Mopai or a Connolly you know to having the second shot you know but uh, yeah and I know. mean if you watch Brentford's highlights of of Mopai and you watch you know even last year when he's scoring a few goals a lot of them were from the second ball yeah. um he, he's superb at getting that second ball and just lashing it um yeah. and and he's not really he's being asked to do all the first ball stuff and yeah that isn't that's not him no, yeah he's not, no, not he, he's too too small of a stature for to, to be asked to hold the ball up like that you, you know and, and and his first touch isn't good enough to for that sort of he's not that sort of type of player is he he's he's a he's a poacher he's you know just gets in there and you know gets a foot in and you know as you say lashes at the ball yeah um you know he's not he's not a he's not a target man shall we say agreed but uh yeah so moving on from the Palace match, because we don't want to spend any more time on it. It's annoying. <laughs> yeah. um, West Brom next. Um, Palace actually play Fulham next week as well, which is a big one. Uh, yeah, but big, they play on the Sunday. Yeah. Um, yep. Tottenham play Burnley. So you would expect that one will go as expected. Sheffield United play Liverpool. So who knows with Liverpool these days? Um, <laughs> well, who knows with Tottenham at the moment? Well, well, true. Yeah. Uh, but the big one, like you said, is going to be that Fulham Palace game and and I don't have any faith in them backing us up there and doing the same thing nah. twice. So nah. we really need to take points against West Brom. Um, yeah, you, you've got to assume that we're probably going to have a bit of a better chance than we did against Palace simply because they, despite being managed by Big Sam and despite being a generally, you know, West Brom are not one of those sides that you picture playing a lot of attacking football. They, they aren't as defensive as, as the West Brom is old. You, you know what I mean? They they are more willing to go forward and take shots and try and get things done. 
Well, you feel like they've got to get they've got to get results now, haven't they? So you can't, you know, it's coming to someone that's in a relegation battle, which potentially we are in, they're going to want to go at it uh, and try and get the three points. You know, it's not like, you know, we're a Man City or or a Leicester or somewhere that, you know, but they need to sit in and, you know, try and get the point. They'll, they'll want to come at us, which I think potentially works into our favour because we do struggle sometimes to break, you know, compact units down with, uh, and, you know, if they, if they do come out and start, you know, attacking, I, th- I feel like we can get the likes of Mope um, in behind the defence and that, you know, that's, that's where we, I think we could, we could score goals. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Um, I, I truly think that it's the better game to play in terms of we knew Palace were going to do what they did today. Yeah. We we hope that it wouldn't end how it did, but uh, you know like you said West Brom need to start winning games. They are fully out of time. <laughs> they need to yeah, start yeah. winning or they need to start winning or they're done, really. Yeah. Um and you know one would even say that that the defeat last weekend is all this weekend just gone is you know one too far um that they they didn't get enough points from it uh with the draw but Newcastle are also in a lot of trouble. No Wilson, no Colin Wilson. Um, do you do you think that that Fulham can can manage to drag themselves out of it, or do you think that? Well, if Palace play like they played tonight, I, I can see Fulham easily beating them. To be honest with you, agreed. I, I, I just, I mean, I don't have any faith in Palace. Now that they've got the three points tonight, they're going to be thinking, well, you know, we're, we're pretty, you know, <laughs> was they twelve points from Fulham now? I think it is something like that. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't. And with, with the, I mean, in that second half, Roy Hodgson, he looked like he had no idea what to do. Like it was just bombarded, just attack and attack, attack, and he just had nothing. Yeah, he, he, you could see him. It cut to him a few times, and he was just, he was clueless. I, personally, I felt, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, yeah, look, I, like I could it. see Fulham just, just I could see Fulham battering him. Uh, if I'm honest, you know, they, he, Scott Parker's definitely he's sort of thrown out his team and re, redone it with you know and new new players. Well, you know, new players, and you know, it seems to have worked. Like, yeah, I can definitely see them getting three points for sure. Which would then put them level with Newcastle uh, and put them into the relegation zone if uh, if Newcastle are unable to get a result against Wolves at the weekend as well. Which Wolves are finding a bit of form themselves yeah. uh, after being a bit poor as the new year turned around they've won three in their last four now um, which is a big turnaround for them because after the uh, Raul Jimenez injury it, it looked like it really may have just tanked their whole season uh, as it can do sometimes with stuff like that that's serious um, but it looks like they've turned it around a little bit um, what notes do you have? I know you said you had other talking points, so let's hit on them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, just a quick, uh, uh, it's a good stat that I saw at the start uh, of the game. The, we've got a 41% shot accuracy, which is 20th in the league. So that really does show you where <laughs> things are going wrong. You know, we we, we just, we just, can't tip the target you know 20th in the league for you know shot accuracy is is poor that is that is a brutal statistic and for those people uh that are on social media and and have been listening to the show and maybe listen to other shows uh if that isn't the more most perfect statistic ever to say that striker is really where we're struggling more than defense um we just need a striker so badly i did hear gus i did hear gus say uh drop in a cheeky cheeky little jab uh, at the at the club um with him saying that 
<laughs> uh, he basically said Potter could only do so much if the club doesn't back him with a striker, which I thought was quite funny because uh, yeah. that was the same kind of criticism he leveled before he left. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, a couple of other points I've got is um, Basuma. Obviously, he's going to leave in the summer. Yeah. What? How much do you think? You know, what, what ballpark figure? What do you? What do you? think we'd get for him and and where should that money be invested obviously a striker but do you see it needs to be invested elsewhere as well I think it depends on the team he's going to um I think if he's going to go to a a Madrid or a Barcelona um or a my Bayern Munich or a you know a big team in in Europe I think we're probably going to let him go for less I think we're probably going to let him go for 40 50 million uh-huh. Um, I think if he goes to an Arsenal or a Chelsea or a, or an England, basically any English club, um, yeah. I think I think we're going to pump the price and I think we're going to ask for upwards of sixty. And I think we'll probably get it uh, yeah. simply because a lot of those teams have such a desperate desperate need for a, a top class holding midfielder. Um, yeah, and he's young and can do that job. He's like a box to box, and he just he's just all over the place. He loves it. Yeah. Um, another point was. Uh, I'm going to butcher his name a little bit, but uh, Jose Isquiado. Yes. What's, what is going on there? Where is he? I mean, I've seen him on the bench a couple of times. I mean, are we, uh, oh, I, I understand our shape doesn't suit an out-and-out winger, but where, are we going to see him again or what's happening there? Well, it was all the meniscus thing, wasn't it? It, it yeah. sounds like it was a, it sounds like it was a real big F up uh, with, with the medical staff and, and Hutton. Um, when he came back the first time, it doesn't seem like he was ready and he had yeah. to have that operation after coming back the first time, which is just not great. Um, I think they're being extra careful with him. I think they really are being as safe as possible with him. There are a lot of things that I'm seeing in that team where I'm looking at it and thinking, man, like he could make such a bringing him on instead of Valerazor, for example, oh, today. Like exactly. that's that's where it came from, the point, yeah. It, it, he could have just decimated them with that burst yeah. of pace. Um, yeah. But he also hasn't played football in two years. So uh, maybe he is He is also, you know, maybe he just isn't even close in terms of conditioning and continues to have to do that. Um, yeah. It annoys me because, and I, it winds me up because I, I tweet Brian Owen almost every week, what's going on with Izzy? Like, have you asked? And I never get a response, a little shit. But I'm convinced that nobody's even asking about him. Like, um, why is no one asking about Yeah, Because he's so good. I don't I, get it. It's I, a mystery. I, just, I feel like he can, he could, he could, he's still got a job to do. I think, you know, he's an impact player. He's quick. You know, he just gives us a different option. Um, because sometimes we look bereft of ideas. You know, we just, we get, we're just trying to break teams down. All right, that's not working. Right, we need to change something. I think Potter did well, um, to actually change it at half time as opposed to leaving it for 60 minutes, 70 minutes. Cause sometimes I do feel like he leaves, um, I'm a potter in a person. I'm not, a, I'm not a get him out sort of thing, but sometimes I do think that he could, he could just uh, change things tactically a little bit quicker at, at points. Um, you know, and, and sometimes his, decisions are just, um, I'm left, I'm baffled sometimes, you know, quite often you're sitting and watch a game, you think, right, you know, this player needs to be changed for this player and quite often that happens, but sometimes you just bring a player on, you think, 
well, that's just out of uh, left field. Where's where, <laughs> what like for tonight like Yakabash, you know? But I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, uh, you know, likewise, we're we're both pro Potter. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, t- today, for example, what more can you do other than pro? I think the only criticism I have of him is the Alareza substitution. He set yeah. up he set up the team, and we we created all the chances we created, and we didn't put them in the net. It's the same yeah. shit, different day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just it just blows my mind. I, I mean, in terms of game changes, I just don't understand why Tao didn't get a chance to come on in that last ten minutes as well. It just yeah, he would have been he would have been more effective. And you know, it it always sometimes feels like Yakubash is a, sort of a bit scared to to get in get stuck in. Whereas I think Tao would just be right in there, just like you know, for, as soon as he's on the pitch, he'd be you know involved in as much as he could be in run. He's you know until he, he can't run no more. You know, I just feel like yeah. he would definitely would have been a better better option. Agreed. So, but yeah. Um, um, my, one of my final points was uh, Tariq Lamptey. What I mean, do we know? Is it? I saw a sort of a um, Graham Potter read an interview the other day. Uh, I think he may be back for the West Brom game, maybe. Or do you think that's too early? I would love him to be back as soon as possible because I I, I love Veltman. He's he's yeah. great, and and honestly, I would be if I was Potter tonight. I would be continuing with my plans and tactics to work out how both of those can play in the same team (laughs) because he's so good. Yeah. I mean, would you shift potentially burn uh, if he, if you're going to persist with the five at the back, um, I guess maybe bring him out to left wing back and then uh, Veltman into the center back position. um, If, if, um, Oh, I've got his name. Um, Empty. No, the centre back. Uh, that's what his name. Webster. Oh, uh, Webster. Yeah, sorry. If uh, if if Webster's not back, then then would you push Burn out to the left and um and play Veltman in in, in the centre back there? Or I mean, it's probably asking a lot, but could Veltman play on the left potentially? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's he seems to be getting the right the right wing back down, so maybe he could. Yeah, and I mean, he scored a banger with his left foot today, right? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah maybe yeah. he could. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, uh, I think that or alternatively, if you choose not to go four at three at the back, um, you you could always go a little bit wild and, and have Veltman and Lamptey on that right hand side, um, yeah. and have Lamptey play further up. I mean, he did it against Manchester United at the end of last season. Um, it didn't work out too great because they they were in a real, but they were also in an insane run of form at that time. Um, yeah. they I mean they were destroying everybody um but yeah I mean it's it just feels to me like how can you possibly drop Veltman um he's been so good but how can you not play Lamptey because yeah. he is so good <laughs> but it's a nice thing it's a nice uh predicament to have I guess isn't it yeah it is and and if if he's if he's back and ready for West Brom that'll be brilliant because from what I'd heard last week, it looked like he was hoping he'd be coming back to training soon. Um, right. So, I mean, if that if that's true, I I don't know how he'd be ready that quick. But it may also just be Potter being Potter and Brighton being Brighton with their injuries. They're never quite honest with anything, are they? To keep people off the scent. Um, yeah, <laughs> we never know what the real status is with anyone. Fair enough. Um, and my final final question was: um, Give me your your starting lineup for who you'd like to see against West Brom Sanchez in goal of course yep. uh, I think that I'd, I don't see any reason to just not have him being the, the, the goalkeeper for the rest of the year like he's yeah. 
nailed it it's down. Hard, it's it's hard on Christian a little bit. <laughs> it know, is, but um, um, but, but yeah, he, he 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 yeah. Again, he played. I didn't really see much of it tonight, but he felt he looked calm. He's very good with his feet. Um, but yeah, sorry, I'm talking over you. Carry if on. If <laughs> Lamptey, if Lamptey is back, so let's say Lamptey is back, I would yeah. have uh, Burn at left wing back. Or no, I wouldn't. I'd have Kabovnik at left wing back. Yeah. I would have Dunk. Webster, if he's back, if not, then I would have White and Veltman at centre-half with them. Um, and then I would put, obviously, Lamptey at right wing back. Easy peasy. Yeah. Uh, Bissouma in central midfield. Lalana needs to start because he needs to start earning his wages um, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I would also play Alexis uh, because he's still, you know, he's, he still didn't do a great deal wrong for me today. Um, yeah. And then I would also then throw uh, Trossard again. I, you know, I think that he needs to be playing with somebody different, see what he does with someone different. Um, and at that point, I'm probably playing Zagiri up top yeah. uh, because I, I don't want Welbeck up there. I, I've seen enough. Um, and and this is not the kind of game where someone like Aaron Connolly can run in behind four or five times like he was able to against City and Liverpool. Yeah. Um, I think that's the kind of game that I would like to give him his first kind of real go at that yeah, top level. Sure. He, what about he, you? He needs, yeah, he needs, he definitely needs. I mean, I, I agree with you uh, there. I don't know. I mean, if Tarek is, is, is fit, I don't know if he sh- should be started personally, just because, you know, just coming back from injury, you, you maybe give him sort of half an hour at the end, potentially yep. um, to, to, you know, make sure that he's sort of up to speed. Um, definitely Kobalnik, um on the left, because we have, we have no one else that can go there really. Um, and um, yeah, again, maybe leave white out just, just for, just for a game or two, you know, um, if, because just because Veltman's playing so well, um, I, I don't agree with you having, um, uh, Lalana and uh, McAllister in because I feel like they're both kind of the same player and I feel like they operate in the same area so having them both play at the same time they may be on top of each other a little bit um, obviously you need to have Bis- Bissouma in there but I would play uh, Bissouma as, as obviously as a box to box and then you kind of got like Gross as like a deep line playmaker so maybe um, give proper um, a run in there in that position to give Gross a, a, a bit of a rest um, and then I think McAllister has played superbly so it's difficult to say to drop him but perhaps just get, give Lalana a game in there you know that just that extra bit of quality may may um, and you've always got McAllister to bring on if needs be if you know um, and then yeah look um, Trossard and uh, Zakiri up front for sure because you know Trossard can sort of buzz around um, Zakiri and, and we use Zakiri as, as a as a as a target man um, you know he presses from the, the front like I said before so that's that's how I would line up for a little bit give that a go <laughs> yeah I mean at this point why not right like we've just we've just basically watched uh, a masterclass on how not to convert like oh, we need to oh. we need to make a couple of changes at the least um, because yeah. we just we've spent two games and and although you can you know you can wax lyrical about Martinez all you want and I did <laughs> but like you can't you can't take what 50 odd shots in two games with like four or five xg and score one goal yeah. it's just not acceptable it's crazy so, yeah I think one of the stats uh, one of the commentators said it was something like we had like 48 shots over the two games <laughs> and uh, Palace mental. had three three shots and three goals or something stupid like that uh, you know and it's just you're just like what else what else can we do you know it was a, it was a sucker punch at the end you know but there you go 
Yeah, it was outrageous. Um, it's just one of those things. I guess we go again Saturday. Yeah. At least we don't have to wait a huge amount of time. We're on a short week and, and we probably need it because uh, Potter needs to get into them and get them back turned around and fired up yeah. Um, yeah. desperately. Yeah, listen, well, let's get let's get behind the boys again for Saturday and uh, let's get them three points that we desperately need. Um, and if we get them, you know, uh, uh, things look a bit brighter, I guess, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you get a win there. You're you're up to twenty nine points. Um, yeah. You've you've pretty much consigned West Brom to the drop at that point um, because we're one of the teams that they desperately need to not lose again. So if they do, they're they're in deep shit. Um, and you know, if Newcastle can do us a favour and get beat, uh, even if Fulham win, you know, we're we're four or five points clear of both of them with massively better goal difference. So, and we have yeah. Newcastle coming up in a couple of games yeah. as well. So that could be yeah. the big one. So final point for me is percentage on uh relegation for us what would you say at the moment it's it's a horrible thing to to say but you know there is a possibility that i mean i don't see it but there is a possibility there i would probably say we are at a 45 percent chance of not going down right and i'll tell you why because there's three of us i think left brighton newcastle and fulham and given yeah. the points gap we have and the fixtures we have and how good I know we are, I, I wouldn't give us all 33% chance. I think we're better than that. So I yeah. would give us the extra chunk and then divide the rest between them two. Um, <laughs> so I would put us at about there. I would say that out of the three, it's a dogfight. I would say we're obviously the least likely to go down of the three, though. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've shown enough promise, you know, just get the ball in the net. Come on, boys. Yeah, exactly. What about you? <clears throat> Uh, yeah, the same really. I, you know, I can't. I, I really can't see us going going down. Um, you know, uh, but like you said, I remember listening to your um, season preview at the start of this season, and you, you mentioned about the acquisitions that we brought into the club, and you know, what are we realistically expecting if we're not bringing in the types of players that we need? Um, you know, and you kind of said, you know, it's going to be the same sort of season. You know, and and that's kind of what it's sort of turned out to be, really. Um, you know, if you, if, I think you were saying about um, the is the Villa striker um, that they signed that we could have had a, sh- a shot at Watkins. Um, yeah, Watkins. Yeah, I mean, imagine if we had him. Cool. You know, just a just a, just a total difference, wouldn't it? You know, a few more goals. In, like you say, there's so many games where it's just been one goal here, one goal there. You know, we could have to turn things over and it, it, we'd just be in a totally different position. But there you go. yeah, I mean, I mean, Watkins is on 10 goals now. Uh, I yeah. don't think he, any of them have been via a penalty. So, I mean, and Mopai has scored one or two from the spot. So, I mean, yeah. he's pretty much doubled Mopai's tally in terms of goals from open play already. And yeah, and I mean, slightly more of an aerial presence. He would have, he would have probably scored at least one between the last two games to put us ahead. Yeah, exactly. I mean, give us 10 goals. Where does that put us? Do you know what I mean? It's it, that, That's what you've got to look at. Yeah, agreed. But, uh, Daniel, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, it's no almost midnight, I feel like, over there now, so I'll let you go. Yeah, uh, it's getting on there, 22. <laughs> yeah, 20 to, 20 to midnight, yeah. But I had to I had to come on. It was originally, I think, a Saturday. And uh, I know I texted you a few weeks ago and said, oh, look, it's moved to a Monday, but I'm still happy to stay up because it's Palace. Wish yeah, we could no, have won, but uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it very much. Um, so thank you for coming on. Um, And uh, I'm sure it won't be the last time and uh, we will focus on West Brom. Yeah, no worries. I'll be, uh, yeah, 
keep it going. I'm enjoying the podcast. Good. Thank you very much. Have a good no one. Mate. Cheers, mate. All right. Bye.